Hello friend, I am Maria, and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. This particular episode is from a series we call Conversations with a Collective. In this series, I'm accessing the depth and the breadth of the collective human consciousness on planet Earth. What unfolds is a monologue that is dictated by the questions and comments that I receive back from the collective. Enjoy! For those of you that don't know, my book, my first book, is now out. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or An Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is a child of love. And this book is going to change your life. This book is about manifestation. I also wanted to let you know that I have charged it personally for anybody that purchases this book to literally set you up with the right frequencies for abundance. Literally, this book is going to be a true catalyst in your life. I'm not kidding you guys. There is real white magic that is working through this book. There is a barrier to entry that, you know, I as a being of light, I, I have my own guides that work with me. Um, they wanted to have a barrier to entry on the ancient knowledge that came through this book, right? Hence the price. But, but if you feel serious about unlocking your abundance, this is the book for you guys. I'm not kidding. It's going to work with your body, with your energy field on more levels than one. It is a multi-layered book. There are only a few books like that on the face of planet earth today it is quite rare so if you want to check it out and if you want to really literally notice and see the big difference of and having your life transform highly recommend you get yourself a copy do yourself a favor you'll thank me later i promise hello everyone um and welcome again to another episode of conversations with a collective now we're doing these more and more often and I could not be more excited because in this format I get to interact with you essentially directly by tapping into the human collective consciousness of today. This is a lot of fun for me because I get to spend some time in your energies. I get to spend some time getting present to your thoughts, your feelings, your state, everything in between and I get to be helpful in any way um, I can be. So today I am excited to discuss with you another topic that I felt has been long overdue in some ways given uh, what our podcast is all about. Uh, and the topic is the higher self. I mean obviously this podcast is called Conversations with My Higher Self and I do mention that concept quite often in all kinds of different episodes, right? And this seems to be a very central concept to our work here on planet Earth. And so not only that, but it also seems like the concept of the higher self is something that wants to really come through full force um, to this third dimensional plane at this point in time. This is something that a lot of higher dimensional beings perceive to be a very pivotal concept for you guys to understand so that you can move on up the spiral of your own personal evolution. And so understanding what higher self is 
how to connect to your higher self and how does that whole relationship work in the first place is a very pivotal learning, is a very pivotal field of study for us to embark on. All right, as always, uh, for conversations with a collective, it is somewhat interactive. Now, from my perspective, it's the most interactive because at any point in time, I get to tap into essentially what you're asking. If there's a question, I can get a sense of it. If you guys are not understanding something that I'm saying, I'll get an instant hit um, in my field of vision uh, and perception as well. So I can address that very quickly. I would kind of almost probably want to have a Q&A session. I don't know if I'm going to do it towards the end or somewhere in the, begin- in the beginning. We'll see. and we'll, we'll, we'll play it by ear. But also if you have questions, feel free to kind of like shoot them up um, so I can receive them. And that way we can have a very interactive discussion. Now for the listeners of the podcast, obviously you're not going to essentially hear what the collective is asking of me. So I'll do my best to translate that back to you or to spell that out for you so that um, we can have a more seamless and fun discussion for everybody. All right, let's dive right in. Higher self, here we go. So let's start with the basics. What is the higher self? One of the questions um, today, I actually did something different um, a little bit today before we got started on this journey. I scanned the collective. I wanted to understand what are your main questions around the concept of the higher self so I can start you know, from, from essentially at your level, right? So I could be most helpful. So one of the first questions actually that um, comes through for the collective is, is essentially the higher self, is that the same as soul or spirit? The answer is yes and no. Um, I don't want to go into technicalities, but if I was to provide a very simple nomenclature for you, essentially everything in the universe has is twofold. From a certain perspective, right? Again, is that the ultimate truth of the universe? Yes and no. Because let's just say one way to dissect the universe is to say that everything in the universe consists of feminine and masculine energies. From as such, soul would be um, essentially a higher feminine aspect and spirit would be a higher masculine aspect. Collectively, they form an entity that I refer to as your higher self or your oversoul. So I use these two terms interchangeably, your higher self or your oversoul. So essentially, um, your higher self is the entirety of who you are as a being of light. This incarnation, right, uh, is a projection of your higher self consciousness. It is essentially a split that happens from your oversoul into a third dimensional reality, kind of like a stream of consciousness. Your higher self can divide itself in, into many different aspects and many different parts. Um, and it generally does so um, based on its needs and its own evolutionary path. So there are aspects of your higher self, of your oversoul, that are going to be devoted to the work specifically in the light realm. You can think of it as your higher self having a life outside of incarnating. Uh, And by life, I mean duties and a particular place in society, (laughs) for the lack of a better term, 
a particular place in existence, a particular place in creation. Every oversoul has a role to play, sometimes it's multiple roles. Those roles evolve over time. So there are different, you know, potentially administrative roles or caretaking roles or information preserving roles, planning roles that your higher self could be playing. And of course, as it moves up in its own evolutionary journey, those change over time to be able to serve you better. So the entirety of all of your experiences as a being, as a consciousness, as an individual entity of light is going to be encapsulated within the energetic construct that we can refer to as the higher self. So essentially your higher self, obviously so, is your higher aspect or the entirety of you, as I said earlier, which means that this is the highest possible point of your own consciousness. This is your highest vantage point. This is also the point that is most interconnected with the rest of creation. So essentially your higher self is always going to be the, the, the part of you, the aspect of you that perceives the most unity with everything that is compared to an incarnate part of you, for instance. Uh, but let's go back to how your higher self may choose to split itself. It may happen many different ways. So a portion of your higher self energy is always reserved to its mission in its body of light, in its unincarnated state, or missions, shall I say, functions, a purpose, right? Um, there, and then there is a portion of the energy that is reserved for incarnating. Um, that stream that is reserved for incarnating can be anywhere, or should I say, I mean, obviously there are outliers, but generally speaking, that portion of yourself that is reserved for incarnating is anywhere between 20% and 60% of your overall energy. Each soul decides for itself, oversoul, should I say, not to confuse it, each oversoul decides for itself how much of its own energy it wants to devote to um, incarnating and how much it wants to reserve for the work in its dis, um, discarnate state. What does it depend on? Many factors. First, how quickly the soul wants to evolve. Generally, if the soul wants to evolve very quickly uh, and it, it just serves it to be moving fast, it may reserve more energy um, in order to be incarnating. Like it would reserve a bigger portion of its energy for incarnation's sake. However, there are also exceptions to the rule because if your soul, over soul, higher self, took on a bigger mission uh, in its light state, disincarnate state, it may choose to put more energy towards that mission until that mission is completed. And then, you know, your over soul can move on to other things and other um you know, other missions, other activities, right? So in other words, there's 100% of energy, obviously, that your higher self has access to. And it kind of like swings the pendulum back and forth based on what serves it in the moment. At any point in time, your higher self would be supporting multiple incarnations, such as yourself. Very often, I refer to your um, incarnated self as your lower self. Um, it doesn't mean that you're in, in, you know, in any way deficient. That is definitely not the communication here. Uh, I guess what, what I'm just trying to say is that your vantage point is not as robust, is not as elevated as the vantage point of your higher self. So generally, 
any incarnation you might be having is going to come with its um, veil of forgetfulness and that and thus it's almost like blinders it's almost like tunnel vision right so when you incarnate into a particular life a particular planet a particular dimension you're always meant to have tunnel vision that is very much by design and you always bring forth with yourself a particular subset of your of the energy of your higher self and that is always a very very deliberate exercise um and it's based on exactly which aspects your higher self wants to perfect um and you know again like everything is a very planned uh movement you know every incarnation is a very well thought out and meticulously planned endeavor um let me just scan the collective really quickly to see what is the average number of incarnations. Um, okay, for a lot of you on planet Earth, um, I would say the vast majority, your higher self is currently supporting uh, three to four incarnations on average, three and change. Um, in other words, this is not the only body uh, that you're living in at this moment in time. There are two to three others um, that you tend to experience and they are for some of you it's um, incarnations on planet earth for others it's incarnations on different planets including remote galaxies generally speaking though for your higher self a very important concept connected to the concept of the higher self is the concept of access keys so think of it as like, yeah, like level of access. So as your soul evolves, right, eventually it travels up a ladder of light, for the lack of a better term. I'm, I'm really trying to simplify here so they can easily understand and grasp what I'm saying. And as it moves up the hierarchy of light, as it, uh, or the, the, the ladder of light, every step that it moves up, every step that it ascends, it gets um, new access codes uploaded to its light body. What I mean by access codes, and essentially access codes are keys. And those keys open up new experiences for you as a soul. Uh, when I say soul, by the way, not to confuse you, um, sometimes I would use the word soul to actually mean your higher self, just because it's a shorter word. Um, just wanted to make that disclaimer. It doesn't mean that what I said earlier in this podcast is not true, that soul tends to represent the feminine aspect of your um, being of light, whereas spirit is the masculine. Uh, but just for the sake, just bear with me for the sake of simplicity, we can use soul um, in the traditional context um, as um, something that means higher self. So basically, as you travel up the ladder of light, you're going to get new keys that would unlock new doors, new experiences, new planets for you, etc., etc., etc. So when you are a younger soul, you're not necessarily going to have full access to the full entirety of existence. And it is very much done so by design so that you don't start participating in experiences that are premature for you. So very often, you know, for younger souls, they tend to, in, uh, they tend to incarnate in a limited number of worlds. That way, it, you know, they can master one world or one planet and then move on to the next one. So you see a lot of consistencies with younger souls. Um, Planet Earth is kind of really, really interesting at the moment. There are a lot of young souls here, but there are also enough, and I would say like a very, very 
large amount of older souls, like ancient souls, what I would call spiritual masters that are incarnated on planet Earth specifically at this moment in time. So it's actually an honor. Um, and it's almost like it feels like the great coming together. So it's a very, very special time to be alive. And that's why there are a lot of teachers out there, uh, especially as far as, you know, spirituality and, 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 and coaching and um, kind of like all the mystery schools and all the mysteries are, are starting to come out in the open. And it's because all of these older souls have shown up to essentially shed the light and, and pave the way for, for new generations. So that's really, really endearing. And, um, you know, thanks to these older souls is, um, I, I guess they're the trailblazers that are really bringing in some ancient knowledge, some very well forgotten or hidden knowledge. Um, and that's why you're, you know, you're kind of like almost experiencing a living through a spiritual renaissance. Um, so even more information is going to be downloaded, um, you know, in the next two decades. So the next two decades are really, really pivotal for planet Earth. Massive amounts of information are are going to come through. A lot of information that was only privy to the realm of secret societies is going to be shared out in the open for those of you that have the eyes to hear, uh, the, the eyes to see and the ears to hear. So uh, again, very, very special time to be alive. So let's talk and let's get back to the higher self. And um, essentially, let, let's maybe talk and dive into the benefits of like, why would you now that we're somewhat clear on what the higher self is like what are the benefits for you as a soul um going through a human experience what are the benefits for you to be connecting to your higher self the benefits are plenty first and foremost as you're going through your own personal process of evolution the more you travel up the dimensions the more you travel up the ladder of light the more natural your personal connection with your higher self while you're incarnated is going to become to you. In other words, being connected to your higher self is the norm. Forgetting that that connection exists or experiencing extreme separation from your higher self is more of an outlier just in the grand scheme of existence, right? So we may have been there in some episodes, but of course I would like to potentially repeat myself so that... Um, I make sure that we're all are on the same page. Your higher self and your connection to your higher self is essentially your connection to your inner system of guidance that is never wrong. It's kind of like your intuition only on steroids, right? So imagine being able to get real time guidance from your higher self around any decision, any state, any feeling you might be going through, like literally in the moment guidance live at any point in time. So imagine having that, you know, mentor, best friend, teacher, um, partner in crime, um, sister, brother type of relationship, right? So somebody uh, that is always there for you and is playing a very active role in your life. So imagine having that kind of partner and, you know, always being guided, never feeling alone, right? So one of the benefits of being connected to your higher self is always feeling the presence um, and, and always, always feeling held and supported uh, by the rest of your energies. 
Another benefit to connecting to your higher self is actually problem solving. So problem solving in third dimensional worlds is challenging to say the least for many reasons. Sometimes you don't have the resources. Sometimes you don't have the insights. Sometimes you don't have the, the right people or circumstances or events, right, to make something happen. And some problems that, uh, therefore, some problems in lower dimensional worlds come across as hard to solve for or hard to overcome. So if you really enlist your higher self as a helper for yourself, there are many things that are becoming available to you. First, your higher self is not just an advisor. This is an aspect of you that contains a lot of your own personal energy. In other words, if you have a really strong relationship with your higher self, you could petition for more energy to come into this current incarnation if you need it for a very important project. This is kind of pivotal, and I don't necessarily see a lot of people talking about that because this is, you know, again, new information that just wants to be birthed on planet Earth. But... Think of your higher self as a vessel that contains 100% of your energy. Let's say that your higher self only deemed necessary to give you 1% of its energy for, the, for, for this incarnation. And so you showed up as this 1%. And then you're going through your life and, you know, at, by the virtue of you going through your life, you are expending energy, right? So over time, you're going to have less than 1% left, especially if you have a challenging job or... Let's say you're sick, that takes a lot of energy. Let's say you are stressed all the time or live in the big city, uh, or you just have a lot of people that are, you know, that are sucking away your energy and dimming your light around you, right? All of these things are contributing factors to you kind of like giving that energy away. For some of you, you might um, connect to an egregore or like um, an, an organization that might not be favorable to you as far as energy, right? Like, like you may join an organization that may take more of your energy than give the energy back. Some people actually experience um, that they are, well, some, sometimes it's willingly, sometimes it's unwillingly, they would energetically support another being in their life, right? Whether that is a child or like a sick parent or a sick relative or a friend that needs help and is going through the hard time. In other words, you go through your life expending energy, no questions asked. Obviously, your human body, the your, your, your human vehicle, right, is built in a way that enables you to replenish that energy if you know how to do it, if you know how to, the, the, the different energy practices and how the energy moves in the world, you know, obviously there are sources of energy out there. Sun is a great source of energy. Nature is a great source of energy. Um, your higher self is a great source of energy. And that is where we come full circle, you guys, because say that you're really depleted. And from the 1% that your higher self gave you, you only have 10% left, right? So it's essentially your 0.1%. And say you really want to go for something big, massive, major, like a big goal or something that you want to do that feels bigger than yourself. You could always petition for, you know, with your higher self to provide more energy for your incarnation. And if your higher self deems it necessary or frankly you worthy, then you will be able to get access to more, um, more energy. Um, your higher self can also put people, circumstances, events in your path as an answer 
or a solve to one of your problems. So it's kind of like your guardian angel on steroids because nobody in the whole wide universe is as interested in having you succeed in your incarnation as your higher self. Uh, Let's just say your higher self is the most biased party to make sure that you succeed, right? Uh, Not to mention um, that never shall you ever feel lonely one day in your life, right? Um, Your higher self is also your doorway into your personal field of the Akasha or the Akashic records, which is the informational field of the matrix. Um, And within the informational field of the matrix of the universe, um, in this case, well, okay, hold on, hold on, let's stop there. There is the part, there is the Akashic record field that strictly belongs to the matrix that you guys live in. And then there's an overlay field of that, which is, um, there's also the Akashic record field of um, like that exists outside of the matrix where everything that happens in your light uh, disincarnate state is also stored. Just needed to give that, give that a disclaimer because I, I just started feeling a distortion in, in the energy field and uh, some confusion. So I, last thing I want to do is cause more confusion by the virtue of what I say. I actually want to create less confusion. So going back to the Akashic Records, your higher self is your doorway, is your key to connecting to your personal Akashic Record field. As in, what does the Akashic Record field contain? Your personal one. It is a record of all of your incarnations from the beginning of time. Why do you need to access that in the first place? Many reasons. Your past lives contain a lot of gifts, a lot of presents, a lot of special skill sets. Your, your, the different flavors of your own personal power that you could tap into and you could draw from as you see fit in a way that benefits your current incarnation. Not every human on planet Earth can easily connect to the Akashic Record field and be, be able to process that information. Your higher self can be a doorway that enables you to do that, right? In other words, your higher self can also assist in your healing or in your shadow work by the virtue of being able to point you in the right direction of the Akashic Record field where the information is stored uh, your personal information is stored, that you can access it and download it and understand it, whether consciously or subconsciously. Now, is your higher self the only path to the Akashic Records? Absolutely not. There are the keepers of the records, there are the guardians of the records. Your uh, guides can lead you there as well. But, but, you know, for those of you that work hard on developing a connection with your higher self, going through your higher self may be a very quick and easy way to get all the answers. Your higher self also holds the keys to the bigger picture. In other words, your higher self is the best entity to go for, in some ways, unbiased feedback. Uh, And let me, so let me stop here for a quick second, because what is unbiased feedback, right? Um, Enough of you are getting guidance uh, day in and day out. Now, you may be aware that you're getting guidance or unaware that you're getting guidance. And guidance comes in different ways, shapes, and forms. Guidance could be a random 
feather that, you know, is on your path and you treat that as a gift from angels and a sign that you are aligned on the path or the famous 11 and 11 number on the, on the clock or I don't know, 222 or 2222, right? Where like essentially a certain number is being duplicated or, you know, um, comes through more than once, right? So that could be your sign from the universe that you are aligned. Sometimes the universe would speak to you through animals or plants. Like if something just like catches your eye and let's say it's the same bird six times in a day or the same type of butterfly seven times in a day, that's always a sign from the universe. So that is the one way that you get guidance. Sometimes you get guidance uh, in the means of intuitive hits. Sometimes you get guidance by overhearing what somebody else says as you bypass them or they just like, randomly somehow say something but you know it's a code and the universe is speaking to you through that person very often um, if you pay attention actually um, you would notice that it's almost like the rest of that the communication of that person is on on a certain level but when that one sentence or that one phrase that is meant to you as a guidance as a guiding light from the universe when that word when that phrase is uttered it's almost like the tonality of that person's communication is changing. And it's almost like you're able to perceive what they're telling you with more than just your ears. It's kind of like a very interesting sensation that enough of you have experienced, but maybe not enough of you have reflected upon it. And, you know, it's kind of like the type of communication that you really truly internalize as if God was speaking to you. Enough of you have experienced that. So like that could be one of the ways that you're getting guidance from the universe. Now, of course, um, for the older souls or the souls that are, you know, have special abilities from past lives, it could be more specific guidance. It could be, you know, clear audience or clairvoyance, you know, pictures or words, uh, whole sentences or channelings, like dream state, you know, is, is one way to get uh, really, really clear guidance. However, um, the, and, and by the way, you have different guides, um, you know, so you have different essentially friends in the etheric realm that want to help you. One thing, though, that I found to be true is despite the fact that all of these beings mean you well, no questions asked, they all have a bias. And that bias is um, around their own version of their own perception of reality. So imagine like a pie, right? And it's, um, you know, one large pie and then you start cutting it into pieces right and imagine you have 30 pieces and although it's the whole pie is cherry pie and then there are 30 pieces of cherry pie each of these pieces is going to be slightly different Um, each of these pieces is going to have a slightly different weight thinness or thickness and you know each of these pieces is going to have their own perception of what is good for you, what is right for you. Now, very often, obviously, if it is like a close guide to you, they're going to work in tandem with your higher self, but it doesn't mean that their opinion is going to be identical to the opinion of your higher self, as in everybody always has a bias. Does your higher self have a bias? Absolutely. However, the bias of your higher self is essentially your bias. Which means that in relationship to you, there is the only being that is not going to have a bias is your higher self. So once you connect into the higher self, essentially, you're going to be able to get guidance from the least unbiased place outside of maybe source itself. Now, connecting to source is a whole other topic. 
And I don't think one is a substitute for the other. I think, in fact, you should have both, right? But higher self is definitely uh, a place that you can start um, working in that relationship. Um, I wanted to stop for a quick second and see if the collective has any questions for me at, at this point in time. And um, so if you believe that you have a question that is going to serve people on this podcast and uh, humanity in general, as it relates to higher self, please come forward now. I am ready to hear you. What an interesting question. I'm not even sure how to read it. Um, essentially, the, the person is asking um, about twin flames. So there is some confusion around twin flames uh, and soulmates. And essentially, the person is asking me, the question is phrased, Does it? can one being have multiple higher selves? <laughs> what a... Wow. Okay, we're getting into rich territory, you guys. I love your questions. Okay. How do I answer this in a way that doesn't freak you out is a very good question. Okay. There are some pivotal uh, incarnations. There are some pivotal people in history, or let's say pivotal missions. They ha the, These missions happen throughout all kinds of different planets. And sometimes... Different oversouls, different higher selves, or should I say not sometimes, but very often, they like to play together. In general, incarnating is a team sport. I don't know if you guys realize that or not. Um, upstairs, <laughs> where the higher selves hang out, they know that they're joined the hip, essentially. And they know that it's A, exceptionally boring to go on solo missions. B, solo missions don't tend to be the, that effective. And so they don't like solo missions. And more often than not, they're going to gather together and develop collective missions. Now, these collective missions can last one incarnation or a thousand incarnations and everything in between. And they can span many, many planets and many galaxies. Like you can gather together with seven of your besties in, in the higher self uh, realm and plan 60 incarnations that are somehow interlinked between each other on 60 different planets in all the different dimensions, right? So like they don't even have to be in the same dimension. Where I'm going with this is, is as follows, actually. Although as a general rule, one incarnated being has one higher self attached to it, there are exceptions. And for some very pivotal incarnations or for certain very archetypical um, lives, there may be an agreement between multiple souls to don donate portions of their energy so that they can feed into one being. Very often, you know, uh, great teachers or get great movers and shakers in history are going to come powered by more than one more than one consciousness now there's generally as a rule there's generally one sponsoring oversoul that would donate and take up like the bigger chunk of the energy of that being but then there can be up to essentially 300 different beings that all contribute their smaller streams into one incarnation 
Um, so I don't know if I confuse you further, <laughs> but in generally speaking, generally speaking, it's one-to-one relationship. Like if you're incarnated in this body, most likely you just have one higher self. Or at least you have one sponsoring entity. So, if, you know, if you believe you're living an incarnation of, I don't know, some pivotal incarnation that's going to change the world, if you believe you're that special, you may have more than one consciousness contributing to your body currently or to your, to, to, to you, to your life right now. Um, that is not, you know, the general rule, but it is possible. However, when you connect to your higher self, don't worry, like you cannot get it wrong you're most likely going to connect to like the sponsoring energy. And um, generally the sponsoring energy is the entity um, that takes up, that does the grunt of the work, does the bulk of the work as far as planning, as far as recruiting people for the mission. That's why you kind of need a sponsoring energy. Now let's go back to the question of, there's some confusion around the twin flame and the soulmate. Okay. Okay. Um, I think we may have done an episode, um, about soul families. So it might be a fun one for you to listen to. A twin flame is, it's real. That concept is real. Um, there is just one soul in the entirety of existence that can be considered your twin soul. It doesn't mean that you guys are the same being actually. Um, so from the perspective of your higher self, you would still be two higher selves. Now, of course, we can take a higher perspective and then everybody is part of the organism of the source. And then from that perspective, you are the same being, but then you are the same being with every other being ever created. So let's not take that perspective. Let's take it a notch down. So essentially, uh, souls are created in, um, in Paris. Although it's not technically true. So when um, when souls are being created, it's it happens through the energy rotating in a form of uh, almost like a stream that is rotating in a spiral fashion. So it's almost like a circle, kind of like a cycle. And then the energy gets cut in like individual pieces, almost like think of like a, a, um, a very sophisticated laser almost like is cutting um energy into like chunks and so it just happens so that um the two pieces of energy that are closely interconnected or like they go one after the other tend to be so similar that they're almost essentially carry the same vibration in the vastness of the universe and those would become twin flames um, if you think of how do I explain it in a way that you would understand, imagine that if energy could be represented by numbers, by a sequence of numbers, right? Imagine that each of you has a frequency and that frequency has 26 numbers in it. And that frequency represents what you stand for in the entirety of existence. So the only difference between the vibration of you and your twin flame is going to be the last number in the 26 number sequence. In other words, 25 numbers in that sequence are going to be completely identical in the exact same order. And the only thing that's going to be different 
is the last number. Generally, you know, we can think of this as the sequence of zeros and ones, right? And so essentially at the end, like it's like two strings of numbers of zeros and ones in perfect, perfectly correlated, a perfect copy paste of each other with that last digit being one or being zero. Now, whether you get assigned a one or you get assigned a zero, essentially that kind of determines how you're going to start your life as a soul. For the ones that get a one at the end, um, they're um, essentially what the hand that they're dealt in this lottery of source splitting itself um, is they're going to start on the masculine path. And the ones that are dealt to zero at the end are going to uh, essentially be uh, starting with the feminine path. And then they're joined together at the hip because essentially the masculine plus feminine equals one, right? Because source itself is also split into divine feminine and divine masculine. And so it wants to project itself forth into that type of construct as well, because it is actually proven time and time again, that this contributes to the fastest evolution. Uh, now the in-breath and the out-breath of the universe is an exceptionally lengthy process. Like, Seriously, you guys, it takes so bloody long, I could not begin to tell you. And so Source actually is trying to speed up evolution with every in any which way possible. And one way to do that is to pair souls at birth. Now, they don't the souls don't only get paired as like flames. Um, they also get paired into families. So the ones like the, the, the multiple pairs of flames that get birthed kind of like roughly around the same time tend to have energies that are exceptionally similar, right? Uh, and so for instance, like for somebody in the, in the same family, they might have from the sequence of like 26 numbers, like essentially 24 numbers are going to be identical and like only the last two are going to be different or something. Um, I'm just, uh, I hope this makes sense, but basically, um, Twin flames, right? Since you've asked, and I know this is not an episode of twin on twin flames, but <laughs> whatever came through, came through, right? So I have to respond. Um, twin flames don't always stay in the same gender, so to say, because at, at face value, right? Each of your higher selves contains both aspects within, right? Your higher self is not inherently fe female or is not inherently male. It has both aspects within itself. And generally what I see, uh, you know, as twin flames evolve, they tend to flip over time. So they may start off, you know, with one practicing more masculine side and the other practicing more feminine, then they flip completely. And then they may flip again. And so it's kind of like the, the, the dance where they, they change polarities, essentially. And they really enjoy that dance. And they're like perfect dance partners for each other. Um, and... When, uh, when I said that, it, it, essentially, you know, one of them gets assigned masculine and the other one gets assigned feminine, what that means is a few of their incarnations initially are going to be geared towards practicing that aspect of their being, that aspect of who they are. And then because they travel in pairs, they're always able to fortify each other because eventually the masculine is going to be a really good expert in the masculine, the feminine is going to be the good aspect in the feminine, and then they flip. And when they start from scratch, right, because they just flipped, right, like the one that just was just training the feminine, now it flips, right, and it's supposed to go into a masculine incarnation, but it has no idea about anything masculinity. It would be guided by its twin flame, to be able to be as successful and as fast and as quick in that evolutionary process and in that learning process, right? 
So your twin flame is, make no mistake, always very close to you. Um, it may actually be that for some of you, it may be easier to connect to your twin flame uh, in the etheric realm than it is to connect to your higher self because your twin flame also tends to be like the more lenient aspect, the more lenient consciousness and a, and a very loving consciousness. Like they're exceptionally forgiving. So you might actually um, want to develop a relationship with your twin flame in the etheric realm as well. And then the concept of soulmates um, is hilarious because there's so much confusion, you guys. Like the, the type of things that you call soulmates, I want to like cry and 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 yeah <laughs> and i'm not big on crying it's it's so messed up um what you guys call soulmates is all kinds of strange pairings that i would not even describe as divinely guided so essentially the definition of a soulmate in higher dimensions uh, as well as in, you know, in the hierarchy of light, as opposed to your 3D consciousness is very different. So what I would perceive to be a soulmate is this. A soulmate is somebody who... Um, so essentially anybody in your soul family is going to be considered your soulmate. So it's it's, it's kind of like your soul friend, right? Um, anybody in your... Um, immediate neighboring soul family is also a soulmate and an average soul family contains between six and 40 souls that's an average and an average soul family has a uh, between six and 30 um, neighboring families now, I don't want you to get lost in the numbers because that's kind of irrelevant, but this is how many soulmates you, you could technically have, right? So if you choose to incarnate with any of these people that are either within your same soul cluster, soul family, or a neighboring soul cluster, because the clusterization principle of the universe says that essentially birds of a feather stick together, your vibration with anybody from your soul cluster or your neighboring soul cluster is going to be fairly similar vibration. So when you come into an incarnation and you meet that person, you're going to feel like soul family because you rec would recognize each other at soul level. And by doing so, it feels like, you know, your communication is seamless. You know, you get each other very easily. You're not judging each other. And like you essentially are able to have a very healthy relationship. So in other words, while you have one twin flame, you may have hundreds potential soulmates. And not only that, if you think about that, each of these higher selves can have many projections into a human body, then that number is essentially higher. Um, when you go to the third dimensional consciousness, um, anybody you feel you have a deep connection with, you would you guys call a soulmate. And even if you don't have such a deep connection, but somehow your connection is a little bit deeper than all your past relationships, previous relationships, you could call them your soulmate. Very often than not, though, if you have dated somebody, especially if you married somebody or had a really, really deep relationship with somebody, even once in a past life, and then you meet them again in this life, you guys are probably going to call them soulmates and it's going to feel to you like a soulmate connection. 
because you guys have shared memories. Shared memories means a shared Akashic record field, a shared Akashic field, a shared memory field, right? A shared energy field that doesn't go away, right? Essentially, if you've ever established a shared energy field in an incarnated state with a being, when you incarnate together again, that field is just essentially going to be resurrected and re repatched um, and it will be reestablished. So you guys can tap into it again and build on it again. Why? Because, I mean, it, it, it essentially not only is it its own entity, it's kind of like almost like its own energetic being, like an egregore of your couple, but it also contains your kind of like collective karma that you're going to have to step right in if you're stepping in, into a relationship with the same person, like it or not, right? Do I worry? Do I mind this definition of a soul, uh, soul, uh, soulmate? I absolutely don't. You know, whatever floats your boat, guys, there's no judgment. Uh, but I just wanted to get uh, clarity there. Um, thank you. The question was amazing. I love it. Um, um, I'm happy to take one more question as it relates to higher self, I guess, or related topics, because initially I wanted to get a question about the higher self from the collective. So um, I'm ready and I'm here. What is the question? Okay. The question is, how do we connect to the higher self? Uh, I guess I was expecting this. Oh boy. Complicated topic. A um, couple of things. For some of you, there is already a pre-built in connection that is supposed to awaken, be awakened at a certain point in your life as it, like according to a trigger event, right? For some of you, Especially the older souls that came here to teach, that came here to spread the, the, the message, that came here to help awaken humanity, that came here to raise the vibrations of this planet. For those of you that are part of this crew, I guarantee you, your higher self has pre-planned at least a few different trigger events. And it's kind of like Easter eggs. And, and your higher self has planted those Easter eggs throughout your life. And your higher self has probably been knocking on your door day in and day out um and eventually right if you keep at it if you keep on your path instead of being closed down and not doing any of your spiritual work you know eventually your higher self is going to get through to you and that process for you is going to happen not only organically and naturally but it's going to hit you like an avalanche you're not going to be able to prevent it stop it get away from it run away from it none of that it is going to be there and good luck with that, right? I'm So in other words, if you belong to that crew of people, do not worry, have patience and surrender. That is the best advice I'll give you, right? Now, can you optimize your chances? Um, can you, you know, somehow accelerate that work or, or that point in time? Absolutely. And um, we can get into exactly how, how you can do that. But before I do that, Let's, let's look at the other folks. My dear friend, please pardon this quick interruption. If you like our podcast, we ask that you please help us spread the light by leaving a review on Apple Podcast so that more people could discover our content. Thank you so much. Blessed soul. Yeah. Um, loaded question. Uh, how, how do they connect with their higher self? couple of things here. 
in order to be able to connect to your higher self, and by the way, this is relevant to anybody, anybody and everybody. First, it helps to be on your path in general, in general. I'll explain why. So your higher self is kind of busy. I hate to say this. Your higher self has a job to do, a life to live. You know, it has its own kind of circle of friends. It has its own, you know, purpose and it's it's busy. And you are not its only option and you're not its only game, essentially. Not to disappoint you or anything. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Um, that is how, how the, the universe works. So your higher self te- would tend to not pay attention to you unless you're starting to become promising <laughs> as a projection of itself. In other words, if you are not on your path and you are fully asleep and nowhere close to being awakened and don't want to do the work and don't pay attention to any of the signs or any of the guidance. And time and time again, if you're making the wrong choices, the higher self is not going to be that interested in having a relationship with you, right? So covertly, covertly, getting your life on track could be a prerequisite for you to develop a relationship with your higher self. So you can be even more on track, more awesome and more evolved. This means that if you've been called to leave that job for 20 years, but you're still in that job, eh, not great news. If you have, if you're sick with, you know, some very deep chronic disease or, you know, in general, uh, feel like you're succumbing to some illness that you don't know where that's coming from uh, or if that's out of nowhere or any type of cancer. Chances are you guys are not on your path. I have never met a soul that has had cancer and was on their path. Never. Souls that are on their path never have cancer. Cancer is the number one red freaking huge big fat red flag that you are not walking a path. And at this point, your higher self, you know, it's kind of done. And it wants to just collect its energy back because it doesn't really, it doesn't have any like um, bets on you. So essentially, okay, I think you guys are ready for this information. So I'm just going to give it to you, right? I, I don't think you're, you're all, you're like shrinking violets or you're going to be hurt by, by the truth. So at this point, the truth is here. The truth has arrived. Uh, uh, please and thank you. <laughs> um, so your higher self, essentially, when it projects itself, when it splits itself, it makes bets. And sometimes the bets, it like, it, it's, it's kind of like a high-level soul gambling, right? Uh, first, in order to project itself in the first place, it's, it has to split itself. It's not a very pleasant process to like, kind of like split off a part of your energy and have it go places where you're not going to have access to it. It's not a pleasant process. So your higher self needs to have good reason to do that. And then very often bets are made from all the like the people, you know, in, in the collective vicinity, uh, in the vicinity of that soul, right? So essentially... Your higher self say, you know, it split itself into 20 different aspects. And then it's like, okay, like I'm going to bet $100 of the virtual currency that, you know, this first split of mine is going to make it. 
Then I'm going to bet like 30 bucks that the second split of mine is going to make it. And then like the split number 17, I don't know. It's kind of like not the best part of me. I gave it a really hard mission. Like I'm only going to give like $1 of spiritual currency that it's going to make it. So essentially it's placing bets. And these bets actually reflect how much attention your higher self is going to pay to each of its uh, projections and when it's going to start tuning in. Very often before age 30, your higher self doesn't freaking pay attention to you because it thinks you're such a baby that there is no way that you're changing the world or anything. Is there, uh, is, are there exceptions? Absolutely. There are exceptions to every rule. I'm just giving you generals. Otherwise, you know, g- general uh, occurrences, um, and I, I'm trying to generalize, otherwise this is just going to turn into something that's exceptionally hard to comprehend um, f- for you. And so if your higher self, if you happen to be the incarnation that your higher self betted a lot of spiritual currency on, and by betting, I don't mean that it's going to lose money or anything, but like an energetic bet is also how much energy it sends to that incarnation what other opportunities it's going to take that energy away from, what it's going to say no to, to give, you know, energy for that incarnation and purpose, and how much its own personal time, so to say, energy, it's going to devote to maintaining and paying attention and uh, actively helping that incarnation. That is what I mean by spiritual betting. So depending on where you fall into that spectrum, if you're that first horse, so to say, that your highest sort of bet a lot on you. I I guarantee you, it's paying attention to you. If you're the last one towards the end, it's not. Now I'm trying to advise all of you, and you are all different different beings, and you are all essentially the bets on each of you are, are very very different. So the answer to how you connect to your higher self may be very different. I will tell you though some general rules. Get on your path as much as you can. If you have a hunch feeling or if you have a special talent that you haven't been pursuing, chances are, and you have not taken the bet on, you're really optimizing your chances to full alignment if you try to reconnect back to that path as much as you you can. If you know you've been meaning to leave a job, leave a relationship, move to another country, have a child, I don't know, just make like a big shift but you've been holding on because you were afraid or scared or something, or you were dimming your own light, quit that, right? So that's one, right? Get on your path. That way you become interesting to your higher self. So your higher self only wants to interact with you because your higher self is busy and your higher self is picky. And it'll never bet on on, on like an aspect of itself that it knows that it's like it's going to go into a walk into straight into a dead end. So that's that. Two, raise your vibrations. Raise your vibrations any which way you can. Because... Your higher self, despite being powerful, knows that the rules of the game is its lower aspect, which is you are, its lower aspect, once incarnated into a third dimensional reality is behind or below the veil. If that aspect is below the veil, that means that your higher self has a limited capacity for reaching that lower aspect. How do you bridge the gap? By raising your vibrations. When you raise your vibrations, you essentially become lighter When you become lighter, you're able to get closer to the veil of forgetfulness energetically, so to say, or closer to that borderline state when your higher self can start shooting messages back and forth through the veil of forgetfulness and also can access your crown chakra and can access you, you know, um, through dream states and the astral, et cetera, et cetera, right? In other words, 
Your higher self has access to you when you raise your vibrations. How do you raise your vibrations? You control everything that you intake. So you control the giving and the receiving, in other words. The intake, everything that you consume uh, has to be as high vibrational as is humanly possible. Things that are historically low vibrational are all kinds of meats, uh, including fish, uh, alcohol. Uh, these are the, the, the bad culprits, like uh, in, in terms of food and drink. Um, things that... Um, lower your vibrations are also any information or any bad frequencies that you're taking in, right? So any negative vibrations, uh, fear, doubt, anxiety, all of that good stuff, right? Like if you are, in other words, if you're feeding yourself by watching the news with murders and terrorism and all of that good stuff, and you like watching you know, scary horror movies, again, if that's your, listen, if that's your thing, that's fine, right? But I just, I just find it that if you already don't have high vibrations and you also are consuming low vibrational content, then uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's really hard for you to kind of like reach out and, and, and fly up. By the way, low vibrational content doesn't just mean scary content, doesn't just mean like a fear-based content. Empty content like reality TV is low vibrational content. I hate to say this. So anything that does not raise your vibrations by default lowers your vibrations. <laughs> kind of, right? Um, if, if you're not with us, you're kind of against us. Um, what else raises your vibrations? I mean, obviously taking on a practice um, of meditation, yoga, like that flow, getting yourself into the habit of flowing really, really healthy, uh, getting into the cons, uh, into the habit of healing, right? There are many, many healing modalities, uh, healing modalities essentially work on your energy bodies as well as, um, you know, the a different aspects of your emotional, mental bodies, right? Bringing you into a place of more integrity and more wholesomeness, which always raises your vibrations. Doing any kind of chakra alignment work always raises your vibrations. Always make sure that it's easier for your higher self to contact you. It's easier for your higher self to um, essentially be, be helpful. Um, other ways, you know, other kind of like prerequisites uh, to connecting to your higher self is beginning to practice intuitive-based living. As in, start tuning into the universe. The universe is always communicating with you. Start paying attention to the signs. You know, the random book that the universe wants you to pick up. Um, you know, and if that book you randomly open into, onto a page and like feel guided to read something, do that. Or like a friend wants to introduce you to this person and you don't quite sure, you're not quite sure how you're supposed to... Um, you know, why you're supposed to meet a particular person. Don't say no to opportunities like that because opportunities like that, that kind of like seemingly are random and came out of nowhere may just be universe trying to realign you to a better path, right? Um, plant medicine is definitely something that always brings you closer into alignment because plant, plant medicine is exceptionally healing. Now, is that the only path to connect to your higher self? Absolutely not 
absolutely not. Uh, it's not. There are many ways to skin the cat. Have I seen that being helpful time and time again to people? I have. I'm not going to lie. So if, if that resonates with you, whether that's ayahuasca, whether that's magic mushrooms, um, you know, it there I'll, I'll definitely, I would never say no to that. I think that those are exceptional plants, um, exceptional uh, workers, helpers on this planet. Um, yeah, and of course, I mean, of course there are exercises, right? I wouldn't just leave you hanging, you guys. Like, I wouldn't just tell you, hey, go give up alcohol, stop eating red meat. Because uh, there are many, you know, many other ways to connect to your higher self. First things first, right? Let, let's get into the practice session um, and then we can, you know, we can call it a day. Um, one thing that you definitely want to make sure to do is you, you want to be as clean of a vessel. Your body needs to be as clean of a vessel as possible. So first things first is you want to cleanse your chakras and detox your chakras. Um, okay. I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure out if I want to take you through this meditation. Yes, I'm going to take you through this meditation. Um, there's no other way for us to do it. Okay. Let's go into a meditation that is going to enable you to come into better contact with your higher self. Here's what we're going to do. You want to start breathing in and out. In and out. You want to do three big breaths for me. So imagine that you're breathing in pearlescent white light. And although you're breathing into your lungs, imagine that every cell of your body is taking that breath with you. It's kind of like a collective universal inhale and then a collective universal exhale. Because every cell of you is meant to breathe. Every cell of you is meant to have this full life force circulating through it, cleansing it from within. Now, I want you to focus on the area in the base of your spine, on the root chakra, the color red. Imagine that area as a rotating sphere of red light. And be present, become present to the fact that this red light is not the most radiant light it could be that this red area has you know holds on within itself some trauma some pain and some fear and you really want you know here today you really want to cleanse that area of anything that doesn't belong there and that blocks it so imagine that a sphere of white light is encapsulating as a shell, almost like encapsulating as a shell, and, and it's enveloping your red center. And now that you imagine this area of white light, imagine it penetrating your red center. So like imagine the white light shrinking a little bit. And then as it shrinks, start rotating it in the clockwise manner at the top side. So like uh, imagine that that chakra is facing forward, right? 
So imagine that that chakra is facing forward and you want to start rotating it in a clockwise manner. Um, and it's, it's kind of like looking into like straight ahead. Like, so that chakra is facing uh, ahead. And imagine that white light clearing everything, all the debris, all the dirt, all the pain and the suffering that is in your red center. And now imagine that there is the backside of your chakra also in the same exact level at the base of your spine, but it's in the back. And imagine that in the, the backside of your red chakra, there's also the red light that's there. And it's also clearing it. But imagine that it's moving in the counterclockwise direction. And now imagine these two sides of your chakras, the front side and the back side of your chakra, being fully cleaned and healed with the energy of white light. And as that happens, you feel the most beautiful ruby red light, gorgeous, luminescent red light starting to emanate. So essentially, everything and anything that did not belong into your red center is falling away. Now let's go up a level and let's be in the sacral together. Um, the sacral is located in your lower belly area. Uh, and it is represented by the color orange. And so you want to see the front of that chakra starts to rotate like a sphere of orange light. And then the backside of that chakra start starting to rotate as another sphere uh, of orange light. So it's almost like they're like kind of like the figure eight that are meeting in the middle, right? Um, and so that figure eight, there are two rotating essentially orange spheres. Now imagine that white light is penetrating both of them and it's starting to clean away all the dirt and debris in your orange center, moving with a lot of force and a lot of love, clearing away any trauma that has to do with your sense of creativity, your sense of sensuality, um, your sense of pleasure, uh, you know, your, your sense of sexuality. Um, and even certain aspects of your personal abundance, right? So any trauma, drama, uh, pain that is that your body has been holding on to, you want to get rid of in the orange center. Let's start going a little bit quicker because we have a long, a long way to go before you can connect to your higher self. Let's move uh, up to your solar plexus, your yellow center. Again, imagine the figure eight uh, that is, you know, literally a you know kind of like one of the uh, spirals uh one of the loops of the eight is kind of like emanating from the front center of your belly and then the other loop of the figure eight is kind of like coming out on on the back side of your belly right so this is the, the front and the back side of your chakra and imagine the white light again clearing and and um clearing away all the debris in the yellow center um and then again, remember the front one is moving in the clockwise direction. The backside is moving in the counterclockwise direction uh, as far as the white light, right? And um, so your yellow center is your self-concept, your courage, your sense of self-worth. Um, this is the seed of your masculinity and your manifestation. This is the uh, you know seed of your intention and your power and your strength. Um, this is also how you know who you are and what you stand for 
you know, in this third dimensional reality, right? So it's um, really grounds you in um, what you came here to be and empowers you. So really clean that center as much as you can. And now let's move upward. Let's move to your heart center, your green chakra, right? The Anahata. And again, imagine the figure eight and that being in the state that it is, you know, your green center uh, being in, in a state that it is and imagine clearing it with white light back and forth, the, the front and the back of the chakra. This is your love center, your center of connection to the rest of existence, your center of compassion. Uh, move up to your blue center in the um, in your uh, throat area, your center of communication, your center of karma, your center of truth, um, your center of purpose and mission. And one of the centers that does start connecting you, ta-da, to your higher self. So imagine white light clearing the both sides of the chakra through the figure eight and the rotations. And, you know, once that work is done, the most beautiful, high vibrational blue frequency starting to float and emanate from your chakra to the front and to the back side. Let's move up to the third eye area, the area in, you know, around your pineal gland in between, uh, located in kind of like the center of your forehead inside of your skull. Um, and that area is violet or purple, however you want to imagine it. There's no right or wrong answer, how, whatever feels right. Again, the figure eight, you want to do the clearing here with diamond dusk white light. This is your center of insight, center of guidance. This is the center that connects you to the informational field of the Akashic records. This is the center that connects you to the rest of the human collective consciousness. So this also is responsible for your awareness understanding of your path and the greater understanding so you want to really be in full alignment here and really enable the white light to not just cleanse but activate the center if it hasn't been activated yet last but not least we're moving up to the crown located at the very top of your head as if like literally you had a crown um it is color white and uh, you want to, you could imagine this essentially also as a figure eight. And now you'll be clearing white light with white light because white light works even for white light. And that is the beauty of white light. Um, yeah. And so the crown center is your gateway into higher consciousness. This is your bridge essentially to your higher self, the main bridge. This is also your bridge to the source consciousness. This is your bridge to greater under understanding that goes above and beyond this dimension. This is the bridge to greater understanding that goes above and beyond the matrix into the world that I call reality. This is the bridge that essentially all of your access codes are going to be uploaded through and yeah this is your point of connection to everything in existence this is your chakra of oneness if you will so now that all of your chakras are activated in this manner one thing that may still be happening although we've imagined everything is a figure eight you have a default configuration of these chakras based on where you are as a human. And despite the fact that I have kind of just aligned them all, they, uh, you will notice right now, um, if you kind of like look um, down to your body, um, you know, 
you will notice that some of your chakras, like with your inner eye, if you actually like look and check in with yourself, not all of your chakras are going to be aligned to your spinal cord. So your spinal cord is the vertical axis of alignment of your body. And you always want to make sure that all of your chakras are aligned to that vertical axis because that is what aligns your personal vessel and that what that is the only position of the chakra that enables you to connect to your higher self because essentially we're going to have to be raising kundalini here which is your um uh, your life force energy uh, one of the facets of that anyhow and um that energy can only come through if it's like a straight path up it cannot come through if if it's like a windy road but essentially what enough of you are going to sense right like imagine that um there are horizontal lines that are penetrating your body, right? The, the lines that are parallel to the ground, essentially. And they um, are uh, intersecting your body at the level of each chakra. One thing you will notice is for a lot of you, your chakras are not even going to be, they're not going to be straight in the middle, straight alongside your spinal cord. They're going to be slightly to the left or maybe a lot to the left of your spinal cord or to the right. And enough of you have chakras, even outside of, you know, they're, they're, they're so misaligned that there are not, they're going to be further away from the center, even outside of your physical body. Like they might be like inches away from your physical body, right? Because again, your chakras don't belong to your physical body. Your chakras belong to your energetic body, which is like the next body up, right? Which is why... Like when the, these two essentially heaviest bodies of yours don't align, what kind of alignment are we talking about, right? Like you cannot have a stream of energy going from down to up. It's impossible. So what I would want for you to do is realign everything. So go chakra by chakra by chakra. And you want to check in to see where the chakra is located. Like is it really located alongside your spine? And if not, I would like for you to literally bring it back into the center. Whether it's to the right, to the left, it doesn't matter. Bring it back into the center. So check in with your root center first. Root chakra, base of your spine. Align it to the center of your spinal cord. Bring it from left to right. Do same. Do the same for sacral, orange. Do the same for yellow. Do the same for green in your heart space. Do the same for blue in your throat area. Do the same for violet in your um, third eye. Do the same for white in your crown. And as you're bringing them into alignment or into the center, they're kind of like lighting up as like a pathway. Have you guys seen like... um? You know, when, when, when it's dark at the airports and um, the airplane is about to take off, um, it, they're kind of like lighting up the path <laughs> for the airplane so that the, mm, the pilot doesn't, you know, drive accidentally somewhere it's not, he's not supposed to drive into. Um, so, you know, essentially you want to light up the path for the energy to move through. And when you're aligning your chakras smack into the middle of the spinal cord, kind of like along the same vertical axis, they're starting to lit up in this like ephemeral, beautiful glow. And that way you're going to 
start to notice is that there is like an upward stream of light that goes from your root chakra up, 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 up. And like, it literally like rushes out of your crown in a massive torrent of white light. Now imagine that somewhere there is a consciousness. It's, it's kind of like that consciousness is somewhere upstairs, as I like to say, right? It's up there. And that consciousness represents your higher self. And now imagine that all this time it has been sending you a downward stream of energy. Um, kind of like it was stretching its arms to you via this stream of consciousness, right? Now, your higher self, it's like a downward stream, right? It's like sending its energy to you as a waterfall, like a falling, uh, it, like the energy would be falling as a waterfall. And then your energy from your crown center, essentially white diamond-esque pearlescent energy, is shooting up. And it's almost like you're stretching out your hands, right? You're raising your hands up to try to touch the hands of your higher self and like stretch it up, 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 up. And then imagine how the two streams come together, the downward stream from your higher self and the upward stream of your full, perfectly aligned self. They're meeting together and like you're starting to hold hands, right? Do you see that? Do you feel that? Yay. So hold hands, but then not, don't just hold hands. Establish that stream. Trust that that stream is going to be unbroken or unbreakable, shall I say. Imagine that there is like, it's almost like the fingers start intertwining, the hands start intertwining. It's almost like the two streams coming together into one continuous flow of energy from down to up and from up to down. And at this point, you don't know when one ends and the other begins. And what you could also establish is a loop. So a loop, I like like loop structures because loop structures essentially, um, you um, give movement to the energy in a way that cannot be disrupted and in a way that is sustainable, right? That you don't always have to feed. Um, and that's what we want to create. So imagine that as, you, um, as you're stretching it out, right? Imagine that your higher self essentially is the source now of your energy, right? And as that energy flows down from your higher self, right? All the goodness, all the insights, all the love, all the acceptance, all the patience, um, all of that goodness that you have been thirsting for and craving from your higher self. Imagine that that is coming down into you, into the entirety of you, right? And it's starting to course down your yourself, down your skin. And it's kind of like starting to go back essentially into your crown center and down your chakras, uh, all the way down into your body, into the feet. And then as it exits the feet, imagine that energy going through the very center of the earth, uh, what I call the heart of Gaia. There is a crystal in the middle of planet earth. Uh, that is an emerald crystal that represents the energy of the heart of Gaia. And imagine that energy looping around from the heart of Gaia and shooting straight up to your higher self, thus completing the loop. Uh, the great circle of energy movement. And as this loop is being completed, it restarts all over again. 
and it's like a perpetuum mobile mobile which is like um like a never-ending stream of energy back and forth and back and forth and up and down and up and down so there you have it step one of connecting to your higher self is essentially establishing this connection so congratulations now you all are in different places in life so for some of you that connection is going to take some time to take root for others it may serve as an acceleration of the trigger event for when your higher self is going to want to reach out to you and start giving you more robust more profound guidance in the moment but start paying attention you're going to start noticing essentially immediate guidance starting tomorrow even later today um you're going to start seeing immediate guidance you know certain um, words, like I said, certain symbols are going to start having meaning in a way that they didn't have before. Another thing that I recommend from here is why don't we, why don't we do this? I mean, this is going to be a very simple exercise, right? Uh, why don't you imagine yourself? Imagine that you are in the most beautiful place in the world. I don't care what it is for you. It might not even be on this planet, by the way. Imagine that it is your beautiful, your sacred place. It is a place that makes you happy. It is a place that represents serenity and peace of mind for you and love and acceptance and all the good things that you want for yourself. And now imagine that you are uh, essentially standing in that beautiful place and just admiring it and being in this beautiful beautiful energies and uh, now I want you to realize that this is a place that has been created and maintained by your higher self in its etheric temple a temple sorry etheric temple or essentially its etheric home in the way that you have a home here on earth, your higher self has a home in the etheric realm. And that home is completely custom built by your higher self for your higher self. And you are in just one of the spaces within that beautiful, beautiful temple, right? Now that temple is not necessarily, I mean, it could be anything. It could be nature it could look like a planet it could be anything there is no wrong answer here so whatever you're imagining is perfect now because this is a sacred space right that you have access to because you're a projection of your higher self and thus you are on some level your higher self because this is a sacred space and it is the home of your higher self your higher self has full access to this place so as you're focusing in and you're looking ahead of yourself, in front of yourself, you're seeing that a figure is approaching you. And it's walking up to you. And as it is approaching you, you realize that that is your higher self. And as your higher self approaches you, he or she smiles at you. What do they look like? What do they wear? Do they look like you? Or do they look like someone completely different? 
What do you know to be true about them? Can you tell what kind of qualities they have? What are they proud of? Can you tell that um, they have been very involved in your life? I want you to stretch out your palms, stretch out your hands, and imagine how your higher self is taking you by the hands and your palms are coming together, palm to palm. And your higher self is starting to upload and give you certain codes from itself to you. The codes that you are ready to receive today. These codes contain information, activation, and healing that you need in this moment in time. And that healing has been custom made and custom crafted for you by your higher self. So feel into that energy and receive it in the palms of both of your hands. Feel it coursing through. Here, you may ask your higher self for guidance, any message that it has for you, anything that it wants you to know in this moment in time. I um, invite you to open up your third eye and open up your crown center so you can better receive the information from your higher self. And don't doubt what comes through. There is no such thing as chance or occurrence. Nothing is random. Everything is always meant to be. So be in this moment with your higher self. And even feel free to pause this recording if you would like to have a true heart-to-heart -heart conversation with your higher self. And when you're ready, and when you're done downloading the codes, and by the way, take as much time as you want, what you may want to do is you may ask your higher self to enter your body and join you, the entirety of you, in your earthly journey and stay with you for as long as it can stay with you and assist you and be with you day in and day out. What does your higher self tell you? Is it ready to enter your body and rejoin you? Or does it want you to do something before that can happen? Anything is possible. If there is something that you need to do before your higher self is ready, ask your higher self what it is that it wants you to do. If your higher self is ready, receive it fully, receive it freely, and know that it will come into your body in a way that serves it as soon as it is able to. Just trust that it is done and surrender to the process. Know that you can always come into this place, sacred place, to get healing, information, or simply love from your higher self. Because now you know the way, now you know what this place looks and feels like. So you can come here anytime to enjoy and just be in this healing place. 
We're going to start coming back from this meditation. You want to come back with a few deep breaths, with much gratitude for your higher self and all the codes that it has uploaded into you. Do the last three breaths with me. One, two, three. Welcome back from your journey. I hope you did enjoy it. One thing I will tell you, right? Pay attention to what has changed. Pay attention to all the signs in the coming days and weeks. The codes that have been uploaded to you uh, into you, into your body by your higher self, are going to start being unpacked and integrated. It may take seven hours or 70 days. You know, the, the range is, is real, right? Just be patient and surrender. There is no wrong way that this process would unfold. And there is also, there is no way that this process wouldn't unfold, right? And... For those of you that um, got an agreement from their higher self to be a more active participant in their life, congratulations. That means you're ready. And that means that you have been waiting for this guidance. That means that you have been waiting for the day. So again, surrender to the process and allow it to unfold. Like every relationship, the relationship with your higher self is the one that grows on you over time. It is something, it's a muscle that needs to be trained. So you're not going to go from zero to 100 day one. Just be patient with the process and know that you're moving at the perfect and the divine timing. Thank you so much for being with me today. It is such an honor for me to be able to guide you through this. It is an honor and it is a blessing and I don't take it lightly. I want to thank you for all the insightful questions today. And please know that your better life your better future and the better future for all of humanity starts by you tapping into your own resource. It starts from you being able to be completely in sync with the great power within and without the great power of your higher self, your guidance system, your truth, the entirety of you, the missing part of you, the much bigger part of you. When you can be in full alignment with that aspect of you, you're going to experience the biggest bliss that is available to you as a consciousness and live and well on earth. And that is my intention for you and for the world. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please visit thisismaria.com for more insights and offerings from Maria and Sergey. It is T-H-I-S-I-S-M-A-R-I-Y-A dot com. We hope to see you in future episodes.